It takes four beats on a drum to transport me to a galaxy far, far away. The 20th Century Fox fanfare was the auditory anticipation of my childhood, the singular narrative that shaped my imagination as a kid. Star Wars. In 1977, the cinematic industry changed on one weekend when an upstart science fiction picture opened on May 25th. The makers of Star Wars, hope will be thousands of queues, started forming at 7 a.m. outside London's Dominion Cinema. Brought out by a publicity campaign of unprecedented proportions, the audience knew what they were after. The prestige of being able to save seeing Star Wars is something akin to royalty, really. The film, which has already outstripped the legendary Jaws as a money spinner in America, tells an outer space war story with strange monsters, robots... Feature films and countless TV shows, novels, video games, and comics later, Star Wars has become the largest media franchise in the world. But how did this space opera pop picture turn into a global mythology and pseudo-religion? Why do we love Star Wars? Welcome to a podcast called Least Important Things. I'm your host, Luke Ferris. What do you think that is? You think what that thing is? That's a droid. This past summer, my six-year-old nephew watched Star Wars for the first time. He waited patiently all winter until his aunts and uncles could watch it together at our family reunion. So how do you feel about uh, watching Star Wars for the first time? Uh, I really want to watch it. Yeah, how long have you been waiting? Like, like, um, probably like, like, one year. Yeah. A long time waiting for all your aunts and uncles to come for a family reunion, but now it's happening. Mm-hmm. Here we go. I was kind of hoping you would say forever. <laughs> forever. Do you remember that? In the Sandlot? Forever. The love of Star Wars is beyond cultural fad. It's a personal relationship with our loved ones, and more importantly, ourselves. In 2012, George Lucas announced the sale of Star Wars to Disney for $4 billion. Today, I am proud to announce the Walt Disney Company is acquiring Lucasfilm, the global entertainment company founded by George Lucas and the home of the... It was the end of an era of creative control from a man who used the franchise to innovate and disrupt how movies were made. I went into a hot rage. Here's what I tweeted from my college dorm room in December of 2012. Why, George? I've supported you through thick and thin, and now you disrespect your millions of fans by selling out to the machines. 
you're dead to me. Hashtag George Lucas. Hashtag sellout. <laughs> first off, settle down, Luke. Second, this is not the first vitriolic hot take about Star Wars on the internet, and probably not the last. Star Wars began to turn divisive when George Lucas released the special editions in 1997. After a silent period from Lucasfilm, George returned to the iconic trilogy and started tinkering with minor and major details of the films using the new powers of CGI technology. His most famous tweak, or infamous tweak, was the shooting cadence of Han Solo's interaction with Greedo, Jabba's poor henchman. Yes, Greedo. As a matter of fact, I was just going to see your boss. For my dead body. Yes, I bet you have. I grew up with the special editions, and they're even more divisive follow-ups. Episodes one, two, and three. For generations older than me, George Lucas had bastardized his original vision with gimmicks. But for my generation, Jar Jar Binks was funny. Midichlorians was just a piece of dialogue before a Padre sequence. Who cares? But this divisive culture of Star Wars was only exacerbated by the internet, spanning chatroom debates and critique videos. What if episode one was good? Like, really good? What if I were a story exec at Fox and George Lucas came to me and was like, this is the film I'm directing. And I was like, no, let, let's go through this right now and let's see all the points that work and don't work. And I'm going to rework it right now with you. So here. I watched the prequels at a critical age. I was the same age of the kids in the late 70s and 80s that lined around blocks to see the original series. Fans like my dad. Dad, when was the first time you watched Star Wars? Uh, 1977. The year it came out? Yeah. The year it came out. In a theater? In a theater. Did you have popcorn? I don't remember. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. What are we going to have for there? Klondike bar. I remember my dad used to take us out of school early on opening day of each of the prequels. I can still see the jealousy in the faces of my classmates and the Christmas-like anticipation the night before. For me, the prequels were just as important as the original series. It was all one big Star Wars mashup of joy. Whether I was reading a Star Wars choose-your-own-adventure book, making up non-canon-approved adventures with my action figures or playing games like Shadow of the Empire or Star Wars Pod Race or Battlefront. There was nothing for me to debate because the more Star Wars, the merrier I was. As the development of a new Star Wars film ramped up and J.J. Abrams was tasked to head the unthinkable production, I remembered those special moments of the prequels with my siblings and dad. Somewhere, some kid was going to get taken out of school early to go see episode 7. Had I become the bitter fanboys I had scoffed at as a kid? Why did I care so much about what George Lucas did with Star Wars? Lucasfilm has revealed the title of Star Wars Episode 7, and it is Star Wars The Force Awakens. The title reveal was announced today via StarWars.com. Principal photography recently wrapped on the J.J. Abrams-directed As the newly titled The Force Awakens, 
approached its release date in 2015, I wrestled with my personal transformation. Why did I love Star Wars? I realized that Star Wars shaped my personal identity. It's tied to my memories of playing with my brother and friends, pretending to be foot soldiers at the Battle of Hoth while digging trenches and snowbanks next to our driveway, or transforming into Luke Skywalker after finding the perfect tree branch to be my personal green lightsaber. Star Wars is the joy of my childhood, unabashed innocence, the creative imagination of wonder and joy. That's why I found it so difficult to let go. Any drastic change to my romantic vision of Star Wars was an attack on my childhood. But Star Wars isn't for adults. It's for them, the next generation of fans. It's for kids like my nephew. What did you think about the whole thing, man? Pretty good. Was Clark? it good? Do you like it, Clark? Yeah. Did you like it? But I'm gonna question why are those untie fires were making that noise? Oh, the noise? <laughs> that screaming noise? Oh, yeah. That's kind of how they, that's the sound that they made. It's for the next generation who wants to escape, dream, and wonder when they stare at the stars. I've battled stormtroopers and defeated the Emperor. I rode a speed bike through the forest moon of Endor. My imaginative adventures are over. It's time for the next generation to steward this story. You're probably wondering if I've given up on stories from a galaxy far, far away. No, there's no giving up on Star Wars. I've had my ups and downs of interest, and it's taken time to get used to the generous amounts of Star Wars content that Disney Plus has rolled out, starting with The Mandalorian and all the live-action episodic Star Wars stories, the ability to reinterpret characters from the prequels, and cross-pollinate the cartoon canon has been really, really fun and exciting. But I'm most interested in what happens next. What's the next story yet to be told in the Star Wars galaxy with original characters and plots that capture the wonder that's so associated with the franchise? I'm like Luke Skywalker, staring out into the dual sunset of Tatooine, longing for the next and the possibility of a great adventure to come. Star Wars is the heroic wonder of my childhood. It's why we love it. It's why we debate. It's why we wildly defend it. And it's why we always come back for more. Least Important Things is written and created by me, Luke Ferris, and executive produced by Jay Ferris. Logo and brain designed by Curtis Felton. You can be part of the show by leaving a voicemail about why you love Star Wars or what you'd like to hear next on the show. You can leave a voicemail by going to www.speakpipe.com slash least important things, or go to our website and click the leave a voicemail button. For you introverts out there, you can email the show at least important things at gmail.com or reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter at Luke H. Ferris or least important things on Facebook. Read our articles and learn more about the show at leastimportantthings.com. And until next time, thanks for listening.